Well, man, what a, what a fantastic day. I uh, was sitting downstairs and was watching the game with my boys and was very thankful that I was watching the game from my home because anyone who was watching the game out inside of the elements, it was crazy out there. And uh, so it was just, uh, I was sitting there and, and we saw the storm kind of come across even here in Adrian and, and I went upstairs just to get a drink for a second and literally my... Um, our trampoline was like picking up off of the ground and kind of, kind of shifting a little bit in the yard. And I was thinking, man, that's quite some wind that's in there. And uh, it was actually quite some wind as well um, that happened yesterday. But um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. There's some people who just lost a lot of respect for me, and that's the problem with actually talking about the team that you, you cheer for. Uh, Dan Sharp is over there, and he is a huge, huge Green and White fan, and uh, MSU all the way, and I'm sure he's still excited uh, to be th with them. And You know, there are certain things in life that inspire us, and one of those is this, is that we can be inspired by the words of Jesus. In fact, the next few weeks we have been, or the next few weeks and, the, and last week, we've been walking through this idea of how the teachings of Jesus can actually inspire us. When we look at what it means to inspire, it's this idea of movement. It's this idea of influence, this idea of, of guiding. Um, by definition, it would be to spur on. It would be to infuse. It would be to draw forth or to bring out, to spread by indirect means or or through an agency of another, and, and each and every one of us are inspired by different things. Can I challenge you with being inspired by the words of Jesus? Because the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, I believe can have a huge impact on your life and on my life if we'll allow them to be more than just words that we hear, but actually words that we apply, that we internalize, that we bring in, and that we say, okay, if Jesus was saying and sharing these things, they've got to be important things for me. If you have your Bible, you can open up to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we see here uh, one of the longest um, recorded accounts of Jesus actually speaking in, in one setting. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. Last week we were discovering, and we looked at the first part of chapter 5, of Matthew and looked at it and realized it was, it was the, what was known as the Beatitudes, a teaching that has to do with blessed are those who do different things. And so for each and every one of us, we kind of dug into it and looked at what it means to us and our lives. And today I want to jump down a few more verses into um, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says this, you are the salt of the earth. You and me are the salt of the earth. In fact, Jesus, when he was speaking these words, was speaking to his disciples. He was speaking to those who had gathered around. And so I want you to picture for a moment, you're sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus has sat down because that's what the rabbis, the teachers would do during that time. And, and everyone has gathered around him. And he begins sharing. He shares the Beatitudes. And then he gets to this part where he says, you are the salt of the earth. Now I know for many of us, we hear those words and we think, what is he trying to say? Is he trying to say I'm not of much value? Is he trying to say that, that, that what, I mean really, you may be thinking, what, what is Jesus trying to say? In fact, if I uh, 
have this up here, this thing of Morton iodized salt. Is this not the biggest thing of salt you've ever seen? You know, this is, represents something that in many ways is, is not very valuable to us. In fact, we go into restaurants, we go into places all the time, there's salt, they just leave it on the tables. Uh, you, you can go into most homes in America today and you'll find salt in that home. Salt is not something that we look at and go, man, there's a lot of value to that. In fact, we would say salt is very common. It's something that's common throughout our culture. It's something that, you know, doesn't have much value. And so you can instantly begin to read this and think, is Jesus trying to say I, I'm not of much value? But if you were to contextualize the passage of Scripture, and that means uh, by definition to place in context the process of interpreting the environment or the culture for, from within the text is actually being delivered, what you would see is, is that when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, what he was actually saying to them is, you have value. Salt was a big part of the culture during that time. In fact, in, in ancient times, salt had a lot of value because not only was it something that helped keep things from decaying, not only is it something that was used for seasoning, but salt actually had with it many properties that actually helped keep the food safe. Yet in our culture, we would look at salt and we would say there's not much value to it. But yet if you were to add salt to something, it can change it dramatically. Yesterday I was cooking for my boys. Kasha is out of town right now. Um, she's actually uh, down in Florida and uh, she's down there um, visiting my daughter right now. And then this next week, I'll be down there with her because we have a conference um, where we're actually pastoring other pastors. And so it's a privilege to be down there for that. And uh, be praying for me. I actually have a 150 flight today that I'm trying to catch. And so, yeah, I'm crazy, I know. And it's flying out of Detroit, but we got this. And uh, so if you're wondering why we get done at 12.15 today, it will be done at 12.15. Come on. You can beat, you can beat other people to the restaurant. <laughs> But I am literally out. <laughs> but uh, I was sitting there and, and I was uh, making food for my boys. And so I did what Kasha always does. You know, I, I got some broccoli out and got some uh, cauliflower. And I'm putting them in the, this wok thing. And I put butter in there and put all the, you know, the different things. Put uh, mushrooms and onions. And I take some chicken and cut it up. I, I get some bacon going over here. I cut the bacon up, put it all in there. I mean, I, I've, got, I've got the perfect recipe right here happening inside of this walk and I'm I'm so excited uh, Caleb Penny was over at the house and I'm thinking he's gonna go home he's gonna tell his parents how amazing breakfast was he just he's see okay good he did he did and he see I knew I knew I like you but uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm doing all that but but here's the thing I go and I pull out all the seasoning and stuff and this is where things get tricky because I go to season it but that's not my specialty Kasha she can get up in the you know up in the cabinet she's like oh a little bit of this a little bit of that you know she's getting all these different things I look up at it and I'm like uh oh what do I put in there and I'm like oh there's this spice called miracle blend that we have and I'm like, Miracle Blend will be fantastic. I'll put some of that in there. So I go and I go to put it in. But the holes, you know, the little tiny holes up top, not much is coming out. So I'm like, ah, crud, you know. So I flip it over on the other side. And I'm like, you know, the big side. And I go and I go to sprinkle some of it on it. And, and a little, probably a little too much came out. And uh, 
So I get it all whipped together and bring it over there. And it, it is, it's very well seasoned. Very, 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 very well seasoned. Very salty. So Josiah goes and he takes a bite. And he's like, hmm, yeah, it's a little salty, Dad. And then Caleb, being a great guest, is like, oh, I think it's fine. But then when I asked him, I was like, do you want another bowl? He's like, no, I'm okay. So I don't quite know. <laughs> And so you can sit there and you can think in your mind, you can, salt changes things that are around us. So if you and I are being spoken to by Jesus and being told, listen, you are the salt of the earth, then you and I actually should influence culture that is around us today. So these right here represent you and me. In, in our lives, Jesus initially came in and began to fill us up. He said, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this inside of you and, and you're going to have everything that you need. And he began to fill up our lives. But we, as believers, are actually are supposed to fill up others as well. We don't just take in, but we also give out. And, and I wanted to give you a picture today because today, if we were to look at this and, and I was to add salt to this, that's weird, it comes out the backside. Um, if I was to add salt to this water right here, and then I was to actually add that then into here, what would happen to this water? I mean, there's not, a, there's not a whole lot of difference between the two, right? You can tell maybe it's a little bit cloudy. I don't know if you can really even see that, but this is just regular water and you put that in there. If we are to be salt, then what should happen is, is our lives should influence other people's lives. But here's the struggle is a lot of times you can't really see it. But here's the truth. If I drink this, I can tell that it's different, right? I mean, this one, this is just regular water. And sometimes if we don't allow Christ out, if we don't allow Christ to be Lord of our life, if we're not living for him, then what happens is, is people will look at our lives and they'll go, I don't see anything different. It's just normal. You're just a normal person in there. But our lives should be different. People should look at our lives and when they taste, yeah, they should say there's a little bit something different about that person. Not bad, just different. And see, for us in our lives, I think what happens is, is sometimes we look at life and we go, oh, well, I'm just supposed to be just like everyone else. No, 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 no. No, you and I are called to be different to be people who influence the culture around us. Not drastically, but enough to where when they begin to taste, they see that something is different. When Jesus was sharing these words with them, he also, though, went on and said this. He said, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? For it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. If you were to do a little research on salt, what you would find is salt actually cannot lose its saltiness. So you may be sitting here going, well, is, is, does that mean the scriptures is lying? No, because what during this time you would see is that salt during this time actually had a lot of other impurities that were inside of it. Pure salt, pure salt does not lose its saltiness. But when there are uh, other things that come in to salt, other uh, minerals, other 
things that play in, then salt can actually lose its saltiness. And so what would happen is, is during this time there were so many other impurities that when the humidity of that in Israel and all that played in, salt eventually during time, because of the other impurities, those impurities would begin to rise and they would overpower the salt. And so people would say, the salt has actually lost its saltiness. I think that's what happens sometimes when we allow impurities into our life, is that eventually through time, those impurities begin to overpower and people begin, instead of seeing our lives as different, they begin going, is there anything different? Because it, because I'm not seeing it. I, 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 it seems like it's kind of lost itself in there. And can I remind you and I that God has actually called us to influence those who we work with on a regular basis. He's called us to influence those who we interact with at the store, interact with at home in the neighborhood, interact with at sporting events, interact with at school, interact with in our neighborhoods, interact with at the senior centers or the parks or festivals. We are called to be influencers of the culture that is around us. Last week we uh, had a baptism moment that happened, uh, and uh, Dan and um, Dan and Jason hopped in the tank with Gary, and it was two guys who had been pouring into one guy's life for a really long time. What were they doing? They were basically allowing their lives to be like salt, to season their life. And what's so cool is they were able to actually see that person be baptized, and Gary had, went public for Jesus. Why? Because. As time went on, the salt began to influence their life. As time went on, their life began to be changed because of a simple encounter with other people. Because Dan poured into him. Because Jason poured into him. And what happens is, is when we pour into other people, things begin to change. No longer are we the same because all of a sudden we're pouring into others, we're influencing others, all because we've realized that God has actually set us apart to be different to know people's stories. And in our culture today, if someone was to say to you, you're the salt of the earth, can I just encourage you, take that as a compliment. When Jesus said it, he was saying, you are of much value. Roman soldiers during this time were actually paid a portion of their wages with salt. There was so much value to salt for, or for seasoning, for uh, preservation of different things. It was a disinfectant. Salt actually, if you do a little studying, gives your body balance. It helps with hydration. Salt uh, it helps with electrolytes, which actually is one of the sources that prevents muscles from cramping. It helps support the nervous system. You can't actually, without salt, the electrical conduction cannot take place without that. Salt is a major, major thing. I mean, we live in Michigan, so we know what salt is like too because when those roads get slick, that salt provides just the traction for things in life. Listen, you're salt. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm salt. Some of you could say, and pepper, because your hair right now, it's salty and peppery. <laughs> but we're called to influence the world around us. We're called to be pure to the world around us. We're called to be individuals who allow God to speak through our lives, to influence the culture that is around us. You know, we have something um, coming up here on November 6th, and I want to encourage each and every one of us, I want to encourage you to vote. You may say, Pastor Brian, that seems like a pretty big switch from over here talking about salt to voting. No, because here's what I'm saying. I want us to, to influence the culture that's around us. 
and you need to allow your voice to be heard. My, one of my prayers is, is that we would have people in office who actually were people of faith. How cool would that be? It doesn't mean they're perfect people. It just means they're people who are looking to the Lord and saying, God, would you be at the center of these moments, of these times? Help us with this policy. Help us with the things that are going on. Because listen, my hope is not found in the government. My hope is found in Jesus Christ. But they, they tell us that over 70,000 um, verified elections will take place around the country. So for all these different seats and different things in different counties, over 70,000. And can I just say there's more at stake than just 35 Senate races and uh, 435 U.S. House seats. There's more, there's more at stake than all of that. If you look at where our country is going and you look at what's happening around us, there is a need for you and I to take a stand and to allow our voices to be heard. And one of the ways that we participate in that, being in a democratic environment, is to allow our voice to be heard through voting. But they say that 50 million Christians possibly will stay home and not vote this year. Oh, I did that last year, you know, or I did the year before because that was more important then. No, it still is important. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says this, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are in the household of faith. We are to do good. We're to allow our voice to be heard around us. We want to see people of faith leading in our country. We want to see people who are salt, influencing the culture that's around us. So how do we do that? Well, like Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says, we put to death, therefore, what is earthly in us. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. We put those things to, we put those things to death. Because if we allow those things to be the very center of who we are and we allow those things, then no one will see the salt in our lives. But if we say, no, I'm going to put those things to death, I'm going to allow my life to be a positive influence in the lives of others, then what happens is, is people's lives are changed. So how do I do that, Pastor Brian? Well, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 actually helps us with this thought. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if any, there is anything worthy of praise, it says think about these things. Not about your circumstances. It doesn't say think about your circumstances. Not about your prognosis. Not about the people around you. Not about Eve. No, you don't think about those things. You think about the things that are true, the things that are honorable, the things that are just, the things that are pure. You allow those things into your mind, those things into your life. So what happens is, is then you become salt to those who are around you. Paul continues to say this in Philippians, though. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Wonder how to have peace in the midst of all the craziness that's going around you? Think on those things. You want to dwell on the negative things, guess what you will not have? You probably won't have peace. But the world is looking this to us, and that's what Paul was saying here. Look, look to me, look, look at my life. I'm, I'm showing you by example somebody who actually is living this out. That's why I have peace. That's why I'm in, in prison and I still have peace. That's why everything's been taken from me and I still have peace. Because remember, the words that Paul was writing were not written from times where he was living in a mansion somewhere and had everything falling right into place and, and, and everything was great around him. No. No, 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 no. He actually lost a lot. 
But salt can have a huge influence around us, and that's what Paul realized. Paul realized, I'm salt. I can have an influence on the culture around me, even though I'm in shackles. Because I can live out and show people around me what it means to live out in bad circumstances. It's real easy to be a Christian when things are going great. It's a little bit tougher when things aren't. And I know many of us are facing some times right now where things aren't going as well. Can I just encourage you, live your faith out. Be salt to those who are around you. I love how Joyce Myers, she said this. She said, Christians are the salt of the earth. On the job, in the grocery store, even among unsaved friends and family members, God's people are there to bring seasoning to the unsavory situations. The world around us is looking for us to help season the life that they're facing. Not only does Jesus say that you are the salt of the earth, but he goes on to say this. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. He goes on to say, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. He's, he's, so he's, you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. Think of that imagery for a moment. If you see a big city on top of a hill, you notice it, it's right there. He goes on to say, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but that on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So if you'll allow your light to be like salt, you'll allow your life to be like light, if you allow your life to be like a city on a hill, if you allow your life to be an influence to others, what people around you will see is they will see through your good works and they will give God the credit. They'll say, oh, oh, wow. Okay. That person right there, I know, they love Jesus and yet even in the midst of the hard times, they're still professing to love Jesus. Oh, even when things aren't going their way, why? Because we're called to be light to those who are around us. Martin Luther King said this. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. See, light is this symbolic object. It's this metaphor that's being used. It's something that they're very familiar with. They're familiar with salt. They know salt has a lot of value. They're familiar with light because they live in a culture. They don't have electricity. So remember, if you were to contextualize something, you have to remember they don't have electricity. They don't, it's not, it's not readily available like us. When you walk into this room in here during the week, it's very dark. And when you try to walk over here, like a lot of times we'll walk over here because there's a, a, a room we call the leadership room underneath here. So we'll have meetings down there a lot of times. So we'll walk through. And if someone doesn't turn their flashlight on, if Chad um, moves the chairs at all or shifts them, we run right into them. It's pretty funny. And uh, sometimes I just want to leave a chair out there just so someone will run into it. Cause, but then I'm afraid they're going to be carrying their laptop or something and then they'll fall and then that would not be good. So most people, what they'll do is they'll turn their phone on and they'll click the light on. Me, I just kind of walk through it. I'm kind of ready for it. But a lot of people will do that. Why? Because what light does is light begins to help us see where we're going. See, as a light, Christians are to penetrate the darkness of the world around them. As light, you penetrate darkness. Stop trying to hide from the darkness. Just be light in the darkness. 
If you'll be light in the darkness, you will influence the darkness. The dar darkness and light don't mix. The minute light is introduced, darkness is no more. So in your circumstances and things you're facing, let the light of Christ shine in those situations. Some of you have been facing addictions for a long time. You keep going back to the addiction, keep going back to the addiction, and you're going, I just, I don't understand this. Can I just encourage you with something? Let the light of God shine upon that. Because when you let the light of God shine upon it, what you begin to realize is, is that right there will only bring destruction every time. That right there is only going to destroy your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. See, we are to function to bring heavenly spiritual light into the dark recesses of the world. Jesus is making an empathetic statement here of saying, listen, you and I are to be different. We are to be light carriers into this world. So what does light do? Light exposes darkness. Light exposes darkness. Darkness is expelled as soon as you hit the lights. People many times aren't even aware of the darkness that they live in un until they see the light of Christ. Have you ever met someone where they honestly, like, they do not know what they're doing is wrong? They're like, I, I just, I didn't even know. But we as followers of Jesus, people who are salt and light, people who are like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, you and I, when we interact with those people, what happens is, is it causes a change. All of a sudden, they're no longer the same. Each time we just pour a little bit more of ourselves out into people, there's a change that begins to happen. Because why? Because light exposes darkness. So the next thing is, is light serves as a guide. Airport runways have lights on them. Why? It's a guide for planes to be able to land. It's like, here's, here's the runway, land here. When we try to drive in the dark or land in the dark without lights, it becomes very dangerous. We are guides to the people around us who are in darkness. You actually have a plan and purpose that God has put in your life. He's like, listen, I didn't just give you this forgiveness I didn't give you this changed life just so you'd keep it to yourself. No, 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 you are salt. No, you are light. You influence the culture that's around you. Light serves as a guide. The next thing is this, is light is to be seen. Listen, there's no such thing as a secret Christian. It just isn't. There's no such thing as a secret Christian. We need to be light at all times. Light shines so that other people then are attracted not to us, but to the light of Jesus. Listen, please do not be attracted to me. Be attracted to Jesus. My goal is always pointing to Jesus. Before I ever come on this stage, I always say, Jesus, use my mouth, use my hands, use my mind, my words, my everything. It is all yours. May it point to you and not to me. Because I know my words are powerful, but not because they're my words but it's because Jesus is using me to speak in and through me. Light needs to be seen. And here's what happens. If we'll be salt and we'll be light, then what will happen is, is we'll dispel the darkness that's around us. You and I are actually called to influence the darkness around us. If you step into the scene, darkness should be fleeing. In your workplace, every day, tomorrow, when you go to work, guess what? You have an opportunity to dispel darkness. 
Because a lot of people have been living in darkness all weekend, and you're going to step foot into that workplace, and how you live your life, and how you realize you're salt, and how you realize that you're light, what will happen is this darkness has to go. Has to go. Because why? Because Jesus is living inside of you. In your family, Jesus lives inside of you. Listen, some of you, I know you're going home, and you're going home to a, a loved one, maybe a spouse who doesn't know Jesus yet. Yet. Can I just encourage you? Your salt and your light. Allow your life to influence their life. Not in a dramatic way, because look at it, really, you can't really tell the difference between the two. It's not that we're supposed to be this extreme difference. No, 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 just, just a little bit of us each time just changes it a little bit more. Each time we, we give out a little bit more to people, just changes a little more in their life. We are to, to dispel darkness. Isaiah chapter 60, verse uh, 1 says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. See, we are called to influence others. And we're inspired by the words of Jesus throughout the entire New Testament that we read, looking at the life of Christ, we see that you and I are called to be light. That's what Jesus was. He was light to the culture around him. You see, you don't have to be light on yourself. You don't have to be light in, in and of yourself. Just ask the Lord to be your light. Just say, Jesus, would you use me this week? Would you, would you use me this week? Would you, would you pour me out this week just into somebody? Just, just for a little bit. Just use my life. Just, just pour me into somebody else right now. I, I know, God, that, that you have a plan and purpose for their life. Would you, just, would you just use me? Because what will happen is, is as time goes on, slowly changes will take place. And Jesus will be the thing that people will begin to taste. Not you. Because it's one encounter with Jesus that changes everything. It's one encounter with Jesus that changes everything. It changes marriages. It changes your life. One encounter with Jesus. I want everyone to stand to your feet if you would this morning. If you could just bow your head, close your eyes for a moment. Maybe today you're standing here in this room and you're wondering how can I be salt? How can I be light? Maybe you're even questioning some things in your life because you realize those things are sinful. They're your own desires. They're things that no one would look at and go, oh, that person's more like Christ. They would actually look at it and go, oh, that that right there, that, that's not good. Can I just encourage you with this thought this morning? Is even in your brokenness, even in the moments where you don't have it together, Jesus is looking down at you and he's saying, listen, I am crazy, madly in love with you. I have a plan, I have a purpose for your life. And you think you've messed it all up too much, but from this day forward, you can be different. Today, you 
would need to say, Jesus, would you just would you just cleanse me? Would you just take this junk out of me? Would you would you forgive me of that? God, would you change the way I think? Would you change the desires in my life? I'm not talking about a first time commitment to Christ. I'm talking about we need to get some things right in our life right now. Maybe you have a relationship with Christ, but but through the years, you've maybe fallen away. Maybe it's not even just a falling away. Maybe you've just allowed sin to creep in. You've become confused in your identity. And there's a battle that's been waging. Christ right now is reaching out to you and he's saying, listen, I'm crazy, madly in love with you, and I desire to forgive you, and I can set you free. I can change the way you think. I can change the way you act. I can change those things if you will simply allow me in. And it starts with you simply just admitting man, I've, I've messed up. And I can't do this thing on my own. If that's you today, I'm not talking about a first time salvation moment. I'm just talking about, just today, you're like, man, I just, there's some stuff in my life that I just need to give over to God right now. And I, I just need his forgiveness. If that's you, would you just real quickly just raise your hand? You would just say, that's me. There's some stuff. Yeah, there's hands all across this room that have gone up. Come on, just keep that hand raised right now. And I want, I want you just a, in an act of surrender right now just to, just to reach out towards God and I want you just to say, God, will you forgive me? God, will you cleanse me? God, will you change the way I think? Will you change the way that I'm processing through? God, will you change the way I'm acting? God, will you forgive me? God, I need your forgiveness. Come on, you would just do that right now all across this room. So, Father, you see every hand that's raised. And so, Father, I pray that you would meet with them right where they are. And, Father, I would take, I pray that you would take their shame and you would replace it with joy. God, I pray that you would take their, their, um, their wrong thinking, God, and that you would replace it with purity, God. God, I, I pray that you would right now take addictions and strongholds, God, and you would just remove them from their lives right now, and you would replace it with self-control, and you would replace it right now with your presence, God, your presence that changes everything. One encounter with you can change everything. So God, we pray that today would be an encounter with you that would simply change everything. Now, those of us who are here today, too, and we'd say, man, I, I just need God's help to be salt and to be light to my community around me, my neighborhood, my family, my friends. If that's you today, you'd say, I, just, I, I want God's help for him to shine through my life. I want to be salt. I want to be light. I want to be an influencer on the world around me. If that's you, would you just real quickly just raise your hand? You'd say, that's me. I, just, I want God's help right now. God, thank you. God, for all the hands that are raised right now. God, even myself, I'm raising my hand. God, I, make me more salt. Make me more like light, God. Make me more like you, God. God, I pray that people, when they come in contact with me, God, that they would actually see and be influenced, not by Brian Henley, but influenced by Jesus Christ that is living and active inside of my life. And so, Father, I pray for every other hand that's raised, that you, God, would be the very thing that would be seen through their life, that this week, God, you would use them. God, this week, you would use them in a mighty and powerful way. God, we thank you that you're a faithful God who meets with us right here in this place, in these times, in these moments. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.